Hey everyone, I wanted to jump in real quick and tell you how you can get even more podcasting advice from our coaches and judges this season. So when I'm editing these episodes of America's Next Top Podcaster, I have to take what is usually around 15 hours of audio for each episode and crunch it down into about 80 or 90 minutes. As a result, a lot of content gets left on the cutting room floor. And a lot of that is content that are really, really good bits of podcasting advice from people like Tom Merritt uh, or our special guest coaches and especially feedback from the judges whenever they have listened to the submissions from the contestants. So I do all that. I cut it all down so that the episodes are easier to digest as a single episode each week, you know, so you don't have to listen to hours and hours and hours of content. It makes it just easier and more accessible for everyone. However, I know a lot of you want to hear all of that great advice that our judges and coaches give to the teams. So that's where the Patreon comes in. As a patron, you'll get access to a feed with the full coaching sessions from Tom as well as the full judging sessions, which are loaded with advice and criticism you can use to apply to your own podcasting craft. You also get the full coaching sessions from our special guest coaches, all of that stuff, tons of advice. That's what the Patreon feed and episodes are all about. So if you want that, if you want all the extra content and you want all the extra advice, go to patreon.com slash top podcaster to sign up for the patreon and help support the show that's patreon.com slash top podcaster to become a supporter thanks and enjoy today's show it's the second week of the competition none of the contestants have been sent home yet and they've just been challenged to make a history podcast can the project managers get the researchers to get their info to the writers so the editor has something to make into a podcast let's find out on this week's episode of america's next top podcaster from America's Next Top Podcaster, a podcast that makes podcasts inside the podcast so that you can learn how to podcast at home. Confused? Well, that's exactly why you need to be listening. I'm Bobby Frankenberger. It's now the second week of the competition, and our teams have been presented with a heavy, research-focused challenge. They must create a 10-minute episode of a history podcast in the style of a heavily scripted nonfiction storytelling show. The contestants have just finished with the judging from their audio drama podcast from the previous week. The team, Ivory Microphone, pulled out a first-place finish to the surprise of many, including their own team members. Their noir-themed entries seemed to be pretty well-received on a technical level by the judges. In last place was Team Questionable Champions, who made a story about a game show told from the perspective of one of the contestants. But let's start our story this week with the team One Last Drink, whose audio drama entry depicting strangers meeting at the wake of a mutual friend earned them second place. Right away after the judging was over, September, Ken, Theo, and Sean Weiland met to discuss the things that they needed to work on for this week's entry. In my mind, we still won. Yes. <laughs> they I liked do. ours the best. How about that? <laughs> I, let technically let the baby have the babies have their trophy, you know. We we won <laughs> in our hearts. I, I hope this is the part that they take out for our meeting and just insert that <laughs> into the episode. Oh yeah. That's like, what, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> the Canadian again. I'm I'm getting extra salty <laughs> just for the uh the extra drama of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get rolls down. 
Fear one, right? I, I'd like to, if possible. Um, I'm happy to do research. I'm I'm good with producer, project manager, whatever, whatever the P word is. Okay. We're called one drink. We could do the history of beer. <laughs> I know. Do we want to like go to that again? I have an idea. It is Women's History Month, <laughs> and there is extensive, very interesting history out there about women and their role in brewing. They were primarily the brewmasters and developed it and, you know, what they wore to designate and how they raised money for their households. Like, there's whole books on it. Okay. For a few years ago. Is there there one fascinating brewing woman, though? I think we need narrower than that. I mean, I just, I, I just think if if we can pick one who's particularly fascinating, that's great. Like that, it's lost to time. There's, it's stuff from anthropology studies and stuff. Like the the whole pointy hats on witches comes from this. Oh, so they were stirring their work. It wasn't. It wasn't cold. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they well, there, there's your story. There you about women earning money. And it's a witch's brew. Oh, it all makes sense. Talk about the Pink Boots Society, and they actually do a big thing in March. It's it's a, like a union of women brewing. Like last year, I remember, all over the country, they um, made up a particular hops blend, and then different women at different breweries all over the place brewed it. You 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 feel more when you're when you're you know the character, right? That's where the stakes come in. Right. Uh, and I, I think that's one thing we, we kind of did right is is we we had characters. And the, and that's a history podcast is just telling a story, right? It's the same thing. Do do we want to focus on a particular person or a particular cause or shift in brewing, the, the i.e. the hey women used to do it and then they didn't. Now they're starting to again. I- <laughs> right don't know if there's enough story for Theo to work with about any of them. You don't necessarily need to follow the life of a, a specific person, but we could say, like we could, you know, establish the world and say, here's a typical day in the life of a ale wife. Let's call her and we pick a age and period appropriate name. We could have more than one voice. We could have, you know, you guys talking about this, but have me as a guest, um, as a woman, so that you're not <laughs> you're not out of your lane to do. We're an not all mansplaining it. Yeah, you're we not could, trying to mansplain it. And we I'm, could just sit you down and explain to you feminism and in, in brewing. You know, I I was thinking like if we could do a quick talk about how sexist the brewing industry has been and maybe do then oh, you yeah. you that would be you neat. you talk about how the scariest thing cuz you you're you're playing on the the whole witch thing the scariest thing to a lot of guys to a lot of men is a independent self-sufficient 
independent-minded woman. In the 80s, it was like, if you drink this beer, then this woman will drape herself over the hood of your car <laughs> in, a, in a swimsuit. Wait, you mean White Snake lied to me in that music video? <laughs> Team One Last Drink was on their way to putting something together with a message that they felt was important. However, in this competition, the message will only get you so far. The difference between winning and losing is all about how you package it up. Fortunately, the team's project manager, Sean Weiland, was scheduled to speak with their podcast coach, Tom Merritt, who would help them figure out the best presentation for their idea. Hello, Team One. One last drink. What can I do for you? Uh, so we have the idea that we've true to our name uh, about beer and specifically about uh, women in brewing. Brewing was initially uh, like household chore. As it progressed, it uh, it became a business and women were making money on it. And so let's say that men were like, hey, we get money. We should make money on this and pushed women out of the industry for, for quite a long time. And then I think this is a great spin because everybody loves beer and you've got a different take on it than you might expect. And it's Women's uh, International Women's Month. So uh, I, I love it so far. What what can I help you with? Like what's going to be aging way to frame... Right. Yeah, yeah. What what what's your framing narrative, so to right. speak? Yeah. So like, I mean, a, a simple timeline works, right? Because you can say, first thing that happened was this, and then a few centuries later, this happened, and then this happened, and today you're drinking a beer. Congratulations. You have to you then have to focus on not only like does each element need to be compelling, but they need to fit together and, and the listener needs to understand like why those elements, right? You gotta make sure you you link them together so that people go, Oh, that's why he told me about the thing in the twelve hundreds, because you know, she was gonna tell me about this other thing in the nineteen hundreds. And you know, it, you you need to have the thread. Uh so so we were also looking at two other uh, potential aspects of framing it. One was to actually profile a brewer, a, a lady brewer, mm -hmm. uh, either earlier in time or or in modern day. Yeah, if you do a modern day brewing. person, you you're really risking falling afoul of the assignment. You 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 have to okay. work really hard to to show that it's a history podcast. Whereas if you do a profile of a historical person, you know, even if it's not that long ago, it doesn't have to be ancient times. Uh, then it certainly becomes easier for them to go like, oh yeah, it's history through and through. It's a little bit harder to find lots of history or lots of documented history on mm -hmm. female brewers because uh, it seems like a lot of the historians were male, didn't care. So you can keep it easy, whatever angle you end up with. If this is hidden history uh, of, of brewing, then it's the Hidden History Podcast. And every week it's a hidden history of something different. Or maybe it's the Women's History Podcast and every week it's a different aspect of women's history. Like... Go easy on yourselves there. Keep your creativity for the actual important substance of the show. Empowered with advice from their coach, Tom, Team One Last Drink finished their research and was focused on writing their history podcast script in a way that felt equitable and important, but not so heavy that it couldn't be entertaining. As far as the framework intro, outro could have somebody else's voice like mine, but then September kind of take it from there or... Does it make sense to just have her? Because it's like if we're looking at the concept of men, you know, overshadowing women's roles in brewery and it starts off with a guy and then goes to a woman. <laughs> I, I would give like the the bulk of like the like the fact delivery and whatnot to September. And I like what he said about like using a different voice for quotes or whatever, just just to kind of break up monotony hearing the same voice you know but i do want some lightheartedness in it whether 
you know, it's you guys picking on like, oh my God, I can't believe dudes are that stupid. Whether because I, I have a concern about us being too serious after being such a bummer last week. Because you're kind of transitioning out of the the witch thing, and you're saying you could say um, these women with these terrifying green ladies with armies of flying monkeys to these chauvinistic men they are terrifying because they're independent free thinking women like i think when whenever you have uh an oppressed society the oppressors are always secretly afraid the, that those people revolting right absolutely like rome rome was terrified of slave revolts Eventually, the team finalized all the details of the script and began their work recording and editing. It's always this part of the week that I get to sit down with the team's project manager to check in and see how things are going. That meant sitting down with Sean Wyland from Team One Last Drink. All right, here we are with Sean Wyland of the One Last Drink team. How are you doing this week, project yeah, manager? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I think we've... We're a weird team, man. And I, and I, I <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I think it's kind of goofy because I, it's uh, so now it's it's just us kind of the four people in our little team, and we're trying to figure yep. stuff out. And they're like, "Well, what if?" I'm like, "Yeah, just stop. It doesn't matter if, if what if anyone else. What if us? I, I think that the team has been good. I think what is, I mean, like, so if I if I say something, everyone I think has been very responsive and like, oh yeah, yeah, cool, no great, no great. Um, it's, I think it was a, a wonky transition because, uh, September, I think is used to leading groups and plus she was the project manager last week. So like, mm -hmm. even I'm like used to just listening to September, I'm like, yeah, okay, great. Yeah. I'm like, oh, right. No, that, that's my job this week. Yes. My job. There's, yeah, there's yeah. no animosity or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. You guys have seemed to be pretty supportive of each other and your ideas and everything. So that's good. Um, are we supposed to be? Is that part of the show? Should we? I can, I can yell at people. <laughs> Maybe that's your project management style. <laughs> it's it's not. I, I as we talked on, on, I think the last recording, like I, I just got offered a, a program manager job at a video game company, and that's right. uh, and I, I'm very much a a a, uh, a what do you call it? A service oriented leader. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. Is that affecting how you are taking charge with, with your team now? Well, yeah. I mean, for me and the way I look at it, it you guide. Like, I'm not going to stop you from talking. If you have something you need to talk about, talk about it. Great. Mm -hmm. From here on out, what do you what do you anticipate are going to be the, the challenges particular to this week's task? Winning. Winning. That's the challenge. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's as simple <laughs> as that. <laughs> uh, the challenges, and it, it's similar to last week, is is getting enough time to to edit and do put like some post production on the on the show for the week. I think Friday night I think it was up till one a.m. and then I had to get up, yeah. take my daughter to ballet, and then I sat in my truck and had my laptop with me, was editing in my truck, and then came home and edited some more. I uh, I can't wait to hear what you guys put together. Good luck, Sean, and uh, to you and the rest of your team and uh, we'll see you on monday sweet thank you bobby as usual let's hear a sample of the team's history podcast submission entitled cheers to brewing double double toil and trouble fire burn and cauldron bubble cool it with a baboon's blood and then the charm is firm and good
Witches, pointy hats, and cats. Oh my. It's time to heat up your cauldrons and dust off your previously owned blockbuster video purchase copy of Practical Magic, as we're going to scratch that witch for knowledge by diving in and separating the fact from the fiction about women, witches, and beer brewing. There are, of course, two other teams in this competition, so let's hear from the next one. Team Ivory Microphone was in very high spirits after winning the first week's challenge. Casey, Jason, Tripp, and Sean Allred were surprised and delighted by the win, but they weren't going to let their excitement distract them from the task at hand. The goal is to keep winning. And so they needed to get to work on their history podcast for this week. I don't think any of us saw us winning. And um, I'm just super stoked. And uh, your script was awesome. Trip, your editing was great because they, you know, they didn't say anything bad about the editing. I think we definitely won on like technical skill set because did you guys notice too? I'm sure this was why it was a surprise is that like we weren't anybody's favorite. That one other one was like everyone's favorite and yet somehow we still won so i think that's why it was like what the hell i hate to throw a bucket of cold water on this but um that was last week it's over with we enjoyed it now for 24 hours now we gotta (laughs) we gotta crack the whip i've got an idea but it's in my wheelhouse uh most of my career i've been a sportscaster and i've worked as a sportscaster for espn the mothership and so so sports history and the historical perspective of sports is is big with me. I had a couple of ideas in regards to baseball. Be prior to the 1950s, uh, no teams had moved in baseball. None of them had moved. And in 1953, you had two teams move. In 1954, you had another team move. In 1957, you had two teams move. Bottom line thing here, that's my idea. It would be it would be um, the, the world of baseball, I guess, 1950 to 1970. Um, I, I honestly, I'm a little worried it's it's going to be not quite what they're looking for, just because to me, like this makes like for an awesome Ken Burns documentary, like long form, spending an hour really getting into this stuff, tracking the history. Okay. Um, I got the sense that they kind of want it to be a little bit more punchy, a little bit more dramatic, salacious, whatever the right word is, right? Like, I'd like to just go ahead and pitch my idea real quick, see what you guys think about that. And it's funny, Trip, because for a moment, I really thought that we were going for the same place because uh, mine is actually also a, uh, a matter of baseball history. Um, however, mine is one that is, uh, I would say, is like a little bit more... A headline grabbing a little bit more like the the average person that gets into like, you know, the murder porn and all this sort of salacious stuff, right, might get into. Um, and that is the very infamous 10 cent beer night. I am certain. Oh, my God. Sean or Casey, do you guys happen to know that story? I I'm going to tell you something. I know almost zero to nothing about baseball. Baseball is the one American sport that I couldn't give two shits about. It's insane. Basically, the high level is that they ran a promotion to get a bunch of people over there, ran 10 cent beer night, which is the equivalent of 50 cents today with no limit, except you would only buy six at a time. Long story short, you've got streakers. You've got people throwing fireworks into the opponent's dugout. You've got, uh, you know, uh, women flashing. You've got this was at Cleveland Municipal Stadium. They drew something in the neighborhood of 60,000. The Jeez. Indians hadn't drawn 60,000 people to a game since the 1954 World Series. This is also 
in the 1970s when you started to see football start to challenge baseball. We just do it like a, a straight historical piece, right? You set it up and somebody's explaining what goes on, what's going on. And then, you know, as they're talking, you got music, whatever. And then every couple minutes or every big point, you pull in a clip from what actually happened. Trip, I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like for this assignment out of the four of us, you know, not to sign you up for work, you don't want Trip, but like, it sounds like you probably have the best voice for this type of thing. I, I, I like when I envision it, I think it has a very sort of, sort of like a traditional radio voice, you know, that you definitely sure. have more so than like me and Sean sure. and Casey. Sean, I think that really um, where you're going to provide the most value and what you can do specifically is taking a lot of this information that Trip's throwing out there and really just kind of reining it in and coming and crafting a, you know, a smooth sort of like, um, like a three act or a three act arc, right? And the great thing about Ten Cent Beer Night is it's like it's got a baked in story, right? So your beginning is setting it up. Our first act is, hey, we're having Ten Cent Beer Night. We talk about you know who was there, why they were there, how many more people there, blah blah blah. You set it up, right? Now when people are boozed up and they start acting out, that's your second act, right? Because the way that this story ends is in the ninth inning, there is a full scale riot where hundreds of fans storm and the empire ends up calling the game. And so you've got already a baked in three act structure with a third act climax. Jason Peters, captain of the Titanic. (laughs) (laughs) We got this man, dude. I'm really enjoying this with you guys. I really, you know, I'm glad that it's the four of us that got together. I think we have a really strong dynamic. And other than that, rock and roll guys, we're going to do another awesome production. And so Team Ivory Microphone was on their way. After the pep talk from their project manager, Jason, they got to work gathering information and loosely forming it into sports history stories. Their confidence was high on this one, but there were some details that they weren't sure about in regards to how to handle audio from outside sources and how to frame the narrative for people who don't know baseball very well. Fortunately, they were just about to meet with their podcasting coach, Tom Merritt. Hello, Team 2 Ivory Microphone. We're actually going to do a little bit of like sports history. And so we're, we basically have it to where it's going to be a single narrator uh, that's going to be just, you know, telling the story. I'll probably have some like background sound effects, you know, mm-hmm. music, et cetera. Now, one of the things that, you know, we would ultimately like to do that we're not really sure exactly, um, you know, what the, what the legal clearances are on certain aspects, but we're hoping to find some clips, the television uh, clips something like that. Would we be able to air those if we found those? So you're dealing with a fair use issue, right? Because uh, you're doing a historical, educational, commentary podcast. And those are uh, a few of the factors that determine fair use. And again, fair use is always determined in a court. It's there's there's not good laws on it, but, but you've got good cover because you're doing a historical podcast, but there's, you still can't, that doesn't give you license to just take anything. You've got to take only the, the amount that is needed to illuminate the issue you're commenting on for things that are public kind of public record, like TV broadcasts and stuff, you just have to be careful. You're not using too much of it. Uh, and, and it's always good to like credit like the station. Okay, great. Now let's say that, um, you know, we found some transcripts of interviews. Um, would it be wise to consider having, uh, people from the group, uh, 
record those sort of like voice acting a little bit and incorporate yeah. those or do you there's, think there's a, there's a right and a wrong way to do that but you can that that's that's totally normal so a you want to you want to credit where the transcript came from you know yeah. so you know john uh told the cleveland plain dealer in an interview the following and then you just change the voice npr mm -hmm. does that has done that for decades um, you just can't pretend the... like you have the person with a voice actor that's what you have to avoid do we kind of need to or do we need to set it up so people would understand it if you had no concept of baseball? Uh, I think you need to focus on the substance of the show filling the task for the judges, right? So you need to make sure that it's history, that it's scripted, and that it's compelling and interesting to listen to. Between planning and coaching and meeting, the team's project manager, Jason Peters, took some time to sit down with me and chat about what they'd learned from their win the previous week and how they were using that knowledge to position themselves for another win this week. All right, so here we are with Jason Peters, the uh, the project manager for the Ivory Microphones. <laughs> Actually, it's singular, kind of like the Stanford Cardinal. It's the Ivory Microphone with no S. <laughs> so let's talk about last week. When I listened to your meeting audio, it sounded to me like you guys were very surprised that you won last week. Did, are there any lessons that you took from that? I think the one thing that we uh, really did is, you know, we kind of just leaned into our organic sensibilities. I think that's like really the the first kind of key to success, right? You know, just trust in your instincts, trust in your abilities. Don't, you know, try to do something that you think people are necessarily going to like. Just be genuine to yourself, lean into your sensibilities, and hopefully you come out with a good product that you believe in. Well, if nothing else, you did learn that important lesson because that lesson to trust your instincts and not not try to play just to the judges is a very very important lesson and is and is something that traps a lot of people as the project manager this week what are the, what are the challenges that you're foreseeing having to overcome from this point forward yeah uh i mean you know it's kind of the standard challenges for people in our scenario you know we're all working stiffs with the nine to five and families sure. and houses you know like so much of us in the podcasting industry um, I don't know how much people out there realize, by the way, that like, yeah, like 98% of people in podcasting, like are just normal people with jobs and wives and houses. Mm -hmm. And this is all stuff that we do in the free time. So we've got to make sure that we're finding time to actually get together so we can record this stuff, give you guys some mm -hmm. audio to use um, and, you know, all of that. So it's just a lot of sort of schedule management. Um, I think, you know, I think that's what really project management is at the end of the day. It's at the end of the day, it's mostly just managing people and making sure that, you know, all of their tasks are being done in the time frame that you set and that you have, you know, uh, each task flowing in the correct order, right? Sounds like you've got a plan, which is important, um, especially with the deadlines that we give you every week. Yeah, um, so. pretty aggressive, but, uh, you know, they're fun. <laughs> you know, it gets us, gets us hopping. And, uh, you know, a lot yeah. of times when you have those quick deadlines, you know, you kind of do your best work because you don't have time to overthink things. And I feel like, yeah. you know, oftentimes that's where, you know, you have a really good idea, but then you talk yourself out of it. And there's no talking ourselves out of it now. We don't have the time. So it's great. Yeah. Uh, good luck. Appreciate it. And, um, and I'll let you get back to work. Awesome. Thanks. Back in the workroom, the team was getting their jobs done. Trip, gathering research and delivering the information to Sean Allred, who is writing up their script. Eventually, Casey would take their recordings and craft it into a finished audio product. Let's take one last listen as they work together to finish the week's challenge. Uh, oh God, thank you. Yes, I, I better run. <laughs> hey, Sean, did you, uh, just to make sure, you got my uh, research sheet, the PDF, correct? Yeah, I have it. I see it here. Okay, 
and and I added a couple of things. I think the the kicker on this whole the kicker part of this has got to be number one, they tore the stadium down. Number two, the Indians still have not won the World Series. They are the only team to be leading in Game Seven in the ninth inning and lose. Yeah, and then and Sean, you know, as far as um, you know, if there's information that like doesn't necessarily you know vibe with what you've got going on as it starts to develop, you know, that's totally cool. I would say that probably something like that, like that's sort of good. Um, like top of the top of the show intro when you're kind of like setting the stage for everyone, right? Yeah, I mean that's kind of what I have so far. Is just I'm trying to set, um, I'm trying to create a narrative of what were happening. But uh, with regards to something like this, where it's a single person narrating the entire time, yeah. Um, a, a that's a lot to ask someone, and B, um, it can. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to go with monotone, right? But it can kind of like dry. be easy to settle dry. in, right? So, yeah, so we want to try. Yeah. I'm wondering out loud if it makes sense for any time we have another character come up, maybe write them some dialogue and treat them as another character. So like Trip reads a, a part and then you go to, you know, one of these quotes and then you go to a clip and you go back to Trip kind of thing. That's kind of what I'm thinking of. <laughs> I think we're good i think at this point um we just wait until tomorrow so i'm just gonna read to you what i've got because i think it might just be easier is that i'm trying to set the scene right so in the summer of 1974 cleveland ohio during the middle of baseball season on june 4th something happened ivory microphone productions presents a sports history podcast Hello again, I'm Trip Rogers. Last week we talked about the futility that was the New York Mets before their miracle championship of 1969. On this episode, I'm going to tell you the story about one of the most infamous nights in baseball history. In the summer of 74... Remember, if you want to hear more than just these samples of the team's challenge submissions, you can find each of the team's episodes in their entirety on the America's Next Top Podcaster feed. Check them out. They really are very good. Now, lastly, we have our third team, Questionable Champions. They were coming off of a hard loss after judging of their Week 1 challenge submissions didn't go very well. However, they were doing their best to keep their heads up and their eyes on the prize. Okay, so yeah, simple but not plain. Uh, I think that's going to be the key. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it's funny because we we wanted you so much featured, Bill, because we knew that you were the most experienced and that bit us in the butt. So (laughs) I find that amusing. But we're okay. We're okay. Dude, I don't mind starting at the bottom because now we just go up from here. Doesn't bother me at all. We got this. (laughs) Exactly. The point of this, uh, the point of the entire competition is not so much the competition, but it's the learning. So does that mean we put Bill in charge this week? In in the project manager role? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Absolutely. I think I think the most important thing first, though, is is finding our topic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because we want something that kind of like, you know, within the first 30 seconds catches everyone's attention and gives them a question that they're going to have answered by the end of it would be why don't we each research ourselves and come up with two ideas each. One that is set completely in the 1500s and one that has a hook in the 1500s and comes into the modern day. Because an event in the modern day, I think, might have better hooks for the listeners because, you know, it's more identifiable. You know, we could probably try and pull some stuff together right now. The condom was invented in 1565. (laughs) But how does that hook into the modern day? No one uses it. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, so uh, I'll start off with my first pitch, which is the one that's kind of uh, settled firmly in the 1500s. I, I called it Animals on Trial. There was this dude named uh, Bartholomew uh, Chastney. He was this uh, French jurist, kind of lawyery guy, uh, who who uh, served under a lot of powerful people uh, until the plague uh, sent him back to France, and he had to become, you know, Matt, basically, you know, <laughs> a local lawyer. And uh, you know, he he wasn't getting a lot of traction, and then he made a name for himself uh, by defending a swarm of rats uh, because they had been accused of. Uh, destroying uh, that year's uh, grain harvest. And so uh, he he defended them in court and won. What do you guys think? What do you like about it? And, and, you know, we'll start on the compliments because I'm in control. (laughs) I'm leaving the conversation. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting story. And I I do agree that trying to hold that, trying to bury that lead uh, would make it much more impactful. We could just call it a gang. A gang broke in. Yeah. 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 Oh no no good gain of dirty rats. And then you find out <laughs> no, it's actually dirty rats. Yeah, we literally met. <laughs> yeah. No. Fascinating part for me isn't just the rats on trial, it's how they treated it. Like they posted things to the rats that they had to read it. And because they were expected to appear in court. Mm-hmm. Right. So I mean there's some really cool things in there. And if you talk about the gang and the gang just didn't come, who knows? Maybe they couldn't read. A lot of people couldn't read back then, right? So we can like layer it on. Yeah, Key, I will say that we do need to decide if we're who's gonna be researcher and who's gonna be writer. You are very good at stories. It's almost like it's your job or something. (laughs) I am. It's the only thing I have to bring to the table. I'm actually really good with stories. So I don't mind doing it. I'm just scared what next week's special job is going to be because I don't want to screw you guys up. So my editing is going to be very challenging when I have to do that. So it really scares me if I'm stuck doing some kind of editing. There's ways of making editing an easier job. Yeah. Writing can't ever really be made simpler. It can only be a simpler, simpler thing that you need to write. It, as right? long as you guys are comfortable walking into time, Tom, time tomorrow, I'm comfortable. I trust you guys a thousand and ten percent. And I think, you know, uh, with all the attention we're putting into preparation here, I think it's going to be smooth sailing as we go through the week and everyone's working to their strengths. And I'm really, really pumped. After spending two days preparing their pitches, the questionable champion's project manager, Bill Meeks, guided his team through picking what would be the best ideas that they all came up with. Now it was time to take that idea to their podcasting coach, Tom Merritt, and see what he thought about it. Hello, Team 3 Questionable Champions. How are you? What can I do for you? Uh, well, uh, we are, you know, in recovery mode after last week. Uh, we did not do so hot, if you hadn't heard. You <laughs> called know. you out as the team most likely to win. So I totally cursed you. I apologize. It's entirely my fault. <laughs> uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to have them present them to you and uh, then let us know which one you think has the strongest chance okay. of helping yeah, yeah. us recover and any any notes you have that might... Uh, you know, help us with that particular concept. And I, and, and in my summary to Brian later, I will make sure to say there's no way you can possibly win, thus assuring <laughs> that you will win. So let's, let's hear it. Let's hear your ideas. Excellent. Uh, the next case takes place in the 1500s, where there were much more than witch trials happening throughout France. When a bunch of hooligans endanger the safety of Autumn France by destroying the barley harvest, the most unusual trial we've ever covered takes place. The star of the whole thing, defense attorney Chazanou, uses his quick wit and intimate knowledge of the law to turn the whole case upside down. By the time the audience discovers it's a mischief of rats on trial, 
it makes each fact even more ludicrous. The final punchline is the end where the rat trial is brought up as precedent to defend a group of Protestants put on trial for heresy in a court ruled over by the same lawyer who defended the rats, Shazanu. I'm confused by this one. You want to tell a trial story, surprise the audience by revealing that that the rats are on trial and then relate it to another trial. Why not just have it about the rats on trial? Because the team had decided they wanted to make the rat part a surprise. You know, he has to leave uh, where he's kind of a big shot. It was from Milan. Okay, yeah. And so he has to leave there because of, I believe, famine. Fam- I don't have it up in front the of plague. me. The You're okay. So he has to become this, this sort of like local lawyer and he, ca- he can't get any headway. And then sure. this whole rat thing, it's like this big Better Call Saul-like stunt that he does to kind of rebuild his... Uh, that sounds his, like the his, climax of the story right there. Like he, he got yeah, run out yeah, of Milan. Exactly. And he and he and then then he he figured out how to get back in the game with the rats. Your denouement could be like, and then he also went on to defense of Protestants later. Your, one one of the criticisms against y'all last week was a lack of focus. They said it was kind of all over the uh, over the place. I feel like mm-hmm. playing the deception game opens yourself up to that criticism again. Don't hold out too long, or people will be confused why they're listening. Which I was in the pitch a little bit until I yeah. found out it was rats. You reveal that it's rats and then play into that. And the fact that he was like, that's hilarious. Like, I think it's good to hold off on the rat reveal until the right moment, but don't hold too long. Make sure that you're focused and that it's very clear what story you're telling. So far in week two, Bill Meeks, the project manager for Questionable Champions, had taken a firm hand in leading the team. I wanted Bill to sit down with me and tell me about why he'd been pushing the team as hard as he was. All right, well, I'm here with the project manager for Questionable Champions. Uh, Especially after last week. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, let's get right to it then. How are you feeling after after last week? Uh, Last week, it was a little disheartening by the same token. I don't feel like any of the judges were unfair. You guys did all right. You um, you you did well. And I, I think I think, like you said, the feedback was constructive it was good it wasn't it wasn't just like this is crap there was there was some good there was some bad and and you know it's a fix another thing that you've done with your team this week which i've never seen another team do before um in past seasons is that you very systematically went through the pitching process everybody who pitched their idea while they were pitching it you treated it like this could totally be and everybody thought of every way they could to support the idea and and figure out how that idea was going to be the idea that you went forward with. And each of you had two. So you did that like eight different times. You know, when you have a diverse group of people trying to make uh, creative decisions that everyone can support, it's important that you have buy-in from everybody. Yeah. And the best way to get buy-in from everybody on a team is to make sure everyone feels like their ideas were heard. We're moving forward with not the best best idea or the idea that Bill thinks is the best, but we're moving forward with the idea that we all support as a team. The way mm-hmm. you picked it was everybody uh, scored all the ideas on different um, attributes, and then you just plugged it into a spreadsheet and said, okay, this is the one that won. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Because creative people, uh, a lot of our opinions are driven by ego, right? So mm-hmm. if they present an opinion and the group doesn't support it, then that can be a hurt to the hit to the ego and that can hurt the group dynamic in general. Right. By breaking it down into cold, hard numbers, uh, you know, it's just, it, it's objectively true. Th- these were the best two ideas because we all agree about this and it, no one's ego was hurt because everyone got a fair shake. Which I think, you know, since we put so much uh, the money in the ground, I think the tree is going to grow up, you know, uh, just dripping dollar bills. I don't know if that's the metaphor, (laughs) but it sounds good right now. One of those three metaphors in there um, might might be it. (laughs) Well, well, you know, I'm a fan of cocktails. I like mixing metaphors. Um. Yeah, of course. Me too. (laughs) I love the mixed metaphor. Well, thank you, Bill, for sitting down and talking to me. I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys put together and uh, good luck. One last time, let's check in with questionable champions. Kelly, the team's writer for the week, was working on the ordering of the events in the story and when to reveal the twist to the audience. Tom is, I think Tom was kind of very much leaning towards the rat thing once he understood it, right? Right. Was I wrong on that or is that how everyone else read it too? No, that's how I read it. Well, it's it's a, I still think it's a really strong reveal. We just have to be very... Economic and how so how gonna, we reveal I'm gonna fight it this week. I didn't fight it all the, last week, and I'm fighting this mm-hmm. week. They really need to know it's rats right away because yeah, all I'm the saying the lawyer polls are only entertaining mm-hmm. because they're rats. They can't come to court. They can't come because they don't feel safe. And um, that's it says in the law that they have to feel safe or they don't have to come to court. And the reason they don't feel safe is because the cats are going to eat them. And the people were like, well, we can't control our cats. We can keep our dogs inside. We can't do anything about the cats. And that's why the case fell apart. I a thousand percent agree with you. I think we can start with it as a secret, though, as long as we get that information out in the first 20, 30 seconds, you know, start with some sort of atmospheric narration like, you know, in a, in a room, in this is just an example, you know, in a room, in a silo, you know, someone, someone breaks through a sack and rips it open and royal ruins the harvest. Uh, you might think it's, you know, Johnny Mc Beef, but no, it was actually a rat and then get into it. And it wouldn't be any longer than that. Yeah, I, and say, I have that's... the whole first paragraph written up if you want me to read it. Okay. It's when plague hits hits Milan, Juris, Bartholomew de Chazanou, must salvage his career by practicing law in a small town on France. Greetings, invisible historians. If you were born in France in the 1500s, today's subject would be a well-known trial, spoken over glasses of wine, pints of ale, and taverns across the country. But, since we're in the 21st century, this infamous case has become invisible history. I'm Sean White. When the plague, yes, that plague, hit Milan in the early 1500s, it forced a celebrated jurist to salvage his floundering career by practicing law in a small French town. His first case... Hi, Ammon Chamberlain here. When you're dealing with podcasting, especially on an amateur level, or even nowadays when everyone's broadcasting from various sundry locations, like their kitchen or their bedroom, room noise and dealing with external noises 
is a problem everyone deals with. CNN deals with it. Everybody deals, MSNBC deals with it. Everybody has the issue now because we're all, we've been broadcasting from home now for about two years. Waves has learned and, heard, and listened to people talk about how separating noise from voice using EQ in many ways changes the way the voice sounds and makes things sound, you might be able to get rid of the noise, but you've also changed the quality of the voice. Well, Waves has introduced a brand new plugin this year that I am so happy that I have been playing with. It is called the Clarity VX Pro. There is also the Clarity VX. And the Clarity VX is simply one knob. You can adjust the amount of ambience and the amount of voice that's in the mix. And it's witchcraft. It just pulls out the voice without tinkering with the, the spectral form of the voice at all and removes the noise. And you can make that fit so you have some room noise to make the room of sound like they sound like they're not in a vacuum or you can remove it completely I have done work with this program where I have removed all of the room boom from someone who had been interviewing in their kitchen and isolated to just their voice the VX is just one knob and it is easy and it's brilliant the VX Pro gives you control over four areas of the spectrum where you can shape the noise and the effect it has on the ambience. It is a brilliant program and I use it in every single show I work on now because everybody's got noise. No matter how good they are, no matter how clean their sound is, noise is around us. I cannot be more impressed with the Clarity and the Clarity VX Pro from Waves. For information about this program, go to waves.com or follow the link in the show notes. Now we're about to head off to the judging chambers to hear what Brian Ibbett and the judges have to say about the fates of our beloved teams. But before we do that, let's hear from their coach, Tom Merritt, one more time on what his thoughts were about the teams and their ideas. So team one, one last drink, is doing women in brewing. Stellar topic. Good choice. They're focused. Uh, their questions were all about format and structure, which is great. That means they're, they're already ahead of the game. They know what they're going to do. They're just trying to figure out the best way to do it. Uh, they seem to be worried that chronological maybe was too obvious in a history podcast, but it's not. Uh, so I tried to guide them to be like, your other ideas for format structure are interesting and you can incorporate them into a chronological structure. Um, I, I wish I would have like pushed them on, like, make sure that the narrative is compelling. So if you have to break chronology to, to do that, that's fine. Uh, I, I think that's where they've got a little foggier is, is trying to figure out the best way to tell the story and, and what story they're telling because women in brewing is pretty broad and also a little, uh, low on details from what they were telling me, but I think they have a chance, uh, to really have the most substantial and most satisfying, uh, episode of the bunch. Uh, team two, the ivory microphone wants to do a sports history, uh, podcast on 10 cent beer night in Cleveland, uh, which sounds like it could be, you know, just, just a fun story, especially because trip, uh, lived through it, even though he wasn't there, uh, he's got experience and he's, they're going to have him as the narrator. So somebody who, who was there through the whole thing, he's got a great voice for that. Um, it does feel like maybe they're not quite sure how to best tell the story uh and and i i didn't really get them nailed down on that 
So I wanted to find out and I didn't get a chance, like what is the story here? Uh, and I'm interested to find out. Uh, team three, questionable champions, uh, I, I thought were, were the best chance to win last week and, and they got torn apart by the judges. So I promised them that I would say there's no chance team three can win this week uh, as a way to make up for the fact that I cursed them last week. That said, they've got solid topics here. Uh, a lawyer who's trying to rebuild his career after getting kicked, driven out of Milan into France and then defends some people. And they were really into this idea of of, defend, of of misleading the audience into thinking he was defending thieves and it ends up they're rats. And I really tried to redirect them to like, no, 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 the rats revelation you want to hold on to. But if you hold on to it too long, it's just confusing why you're listening to the show at all. So I hope they take that to heart because their big ding last week was focus. And you really need to focus if you're going to tell that rats on trial story. And if you do, I think they can nail it. But of course, as I said, they won't because there's no way they can possibly win. Greetings and welcome to America's Next Top Podcaster. It's a masterclass in podcasting that drank too much beer and woke up in a reality competition. I'm your host, Brian Ibbett. Tonight on the show, we're going to eat a little pizza and learn about history because it's our time, not just your time and my time. It's our time. We'll get some more details about the challenge in a minute, but we have a historically accurate collection of judges. Let's meet them now, shall we? From Dog and Pony Show Productions, it's Justin Robert Young. Hello, friends. Uh, it's me. And from the Frog Pants Network, Scott Johnson. Hello and welcome back. Uh, this week she's out of town, so via the magic of audiophiles, the founder of Infinite Game, Jenny Josephson, will be joining us remotely. Uh, so this week, we give our teams the challenge of developing a short-form nonfiction history podcast. Uh, overall, our judges were, were looking for a compelling story that showed off research skills, the ability to script their information in a narrative form, and also the ability to read from that script and make it actually sound natural. Scott, uh, overall, how do you think our teams did? I think they did really well. I saw a marked improvement this week overall. I don't know. History's tricky uh, because you're both you're taking something that could be kind of boring on paper or on a Wikipedia article, but you need to make it compelling to your audience and and have it be interesting right from the get-go. And I think all three teams did a pretty good job of that this week. I, I think that by and large, everybody was competent. In fact, that is something that I want to make sure everybody knows is everybody was competent enough that they're all going to get actual criticism because <laughs> if it was bad <laughs> then i could give basic criticism of like hey right. here are things to focus on everybody yeah. was good enough to get shredded and that's what's going to happen there was still a lot of stuff that i really hated but the, but that's fine <laughs> like you know this is uh this is the process you have to make these things yes. and i tell you why they're bad uh, excellent. All right. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, let's see if our teams are as well. Let's start with one last drink. Uh, so for this one, September did the research. Theo handled the script. Ken edited the show down. And Sean was our project manager. So uh, that means that I'll be talking with him. Hello, Sean. Hello, hello. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, overall, how did the week go for you guys? I think we were competent. Um, yeah. <laughs> well said. <Good. laughs> I think we 
gelled, right? I have gelled pretty well as a team. So communication was nice. Um, well, let's talk about that because uh, you guys actually had a debrief session or like a uh, a little mini therapy session this yeah. week. Is that right? Well, because I, I think I think we have one more week before we get eliminated. So I'm like, hey, what? We just talk about like how we've been doing and anything that we feel like we we should try to do better, cool. as, as as the name of our team implies. Uh, we all enjoy a beverage. Yeah. I'm actually starting to get a little worried about you. First, uh, first week takes place in a bar. This week is all about beer. Uh, so next week is, uh, is really just an intervention. We're not going to have a podcast challenge. We're just going to have a, a four person, uh, inter- intervention for the four of you. I was going to say we were just going to be doing shots on Mike, but I like the idea of a staged <laughs> intervention. Let's get to our judges. We are going to start this time with Justin. Uh, all right. So uh, this is a good story. I was not aware that uh, the concept of the iconography of witches was based on brewing. Congratulations for doing that. Number one. All right. You guys were good enough. Again, everybody was good enough. You're going to get big boy criticism. Here's big boy criticism. You need to give the listener a roadmap for the voices that you are going to put in their face. If you have multiple narrators, you need to introduce multiple narrators at the very top. So when their voices come on, you don't believe that they're guests or if they're guests, there's a reason why you have like that convention for this American life or any of the those other podcasts where it's like, I was a hot dog salesman. That's Doug. He was a hot dog salesman. Like that's so you can have a signpost for your brain to allow your listener to stay in your world. I, I congratulations that you guys want to do comedy. Um, it's it's rough. Why drink any light beer when you can drink our light beer? Sure, pretty much all taste the same, but ours transforms your life into a party. What you need to think about is what serves my story. What is the kernel um, of 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 what matters here? And anything else that you do that's not serving that is taking away from it. And while what you were doing was a particularly poignant understanding of women's role in brewery and uh, uh, the, the fact that they have been disabused of that, comedy stuff doesn't bring that to the fore and support it. It, it distracts from it. All right. Thank you, Justin. Uh, over to you, Scott. What'd you think? Well, um, I did not like the intro. Double, double, toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble. Other than it made me think we were going to do a bunch of witch stuff, like witch talk, and I was excited about that. For a hot minute, I thought, oh, this is about not just the history of brewing, but how witches used to, you know, like I was getting all excited about witch brews and somebody accusing a bunch of people of being witches and then that it didn't really happen. So I didn't love the intro. The, the intro came off as a kind of taking me one direction and then not leave, not taking me there, taking me someplace else. I dug the topic though, once we got to it and it was stuff I'd never heard of before. I had no idea actually that that was, you know, that brewing was the purview of women and, and communities and so on just was new information. And I thought that was a really fun exploration of that. You had it going there for a bit and it was really, it was really good. And then that commercial came on and it was rough. That was a rough one. That fake commercial was a, was a hard one to, for me to sort of leave in the rearview mirror once we got past it and then reset my head to like, all right, well now we're back to this like meaningful topic. And that just derailed me. 
All right, thank you, Scott. Yeah, Sean, the uh, the the commercial in there was it an, uh, like kind of to break things up or to fill time or uh, oh, so you could man. kind of inject a little bit of comedy in there? What um... uh, the 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 amount of guilt in my brain is clouding any any part of rem- remembering <laughs> right now. There's um, no there's no wrong answer. You're, you know, uh, well, a, uh... we're trying to kind of encapsulate the kind of progression through history of how women were involved in brewing and then pushed out of brewing and then kind of objectified in brewing marketing. And like, Hey, you know, this is, this went so far in one direction that this is what we were doing to people. As we were talking about, Oh, it'd be great if we can include a clip of a beer commercial. Mm, um, okay. And then we were talking about copyright and stuff. And so I said, Hey, I could just write a quick beer ad and we could use yeah, that but, as the but example. You know, but you want to know what you didn't write a beer ad. You wrote a no, parody, wrote a parody of a beer, of beer ad. ad. Yeah. And so, like, that's like saying, hey, uh, this is a story about aviation accidents. And then you played a clip from Airplane. <laughs> like, it, it's not, right. you're, you're, you're not getting to where you need to go. And I, I, I get it. I understand it. And I, I, your story is the witches. As soon as you get away from the witches, we're getting further away from the thing that is the most interesting part of the podcast. All right, we have Jenny's uh, comments via audio, so I'm going to play those for you right now. Okay, good start. Strong writing in the open. Narrator person, please make sure you don't mumble. Uh, I didn't hear the words beer brewing at the beginning, and I was very confused. About women, witches, and beer brewing. Um, Second speaker, don't over-rotate on the podcast voice. Just talk conversationally. Somehow, though your words said otherwise, your tone sounded awfully patronizing towards the women brewers. And women have a long history of brewing beer. Exactly how far back in history this actually goes? It just might surprise you. Uh, I'm sure that's not what you intended. Third speaker... Good job on the history side. It did sound like a little well-organized wiki dump, uh, but uh, just like find a way to make it like more you. Now, you'll notice, uh, folks, that I refer to as narrator, second voice and third voice. And that's because I don't know who any of you are in this podcast. And this brings us to a little lesson about signposting. Signposting, as most people know it, is telling your audience where you'll be going, where you are, and where you will be going. I, I think you did a pretty good job on that in within the podcast. Uh, you can never over-signpost, um, but the, I, I understood what was going on here. But you also have to signpost who you are every single episode. Assume that even though it's your 100th episode, say, of this history podcast, you still have one or two brand new listeners, for instance, me. So uh, really good job. I enjoyed this podcast a lot. I just, boy, did I want to know who you all were. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, judges. Let's move over to the Ivory Microphone team. Howdy, howdy. How goes it? Uh, so on this one, Trip did the research, uh, Sean Allred scripted, Casey edited the showdown, and Jason, you were our project manager this week. Uh, overall, how did the week go for you? You know, we all felt pretty strong about it. Um, you know, it took a, we did a little sort of spirited discussion initially, settled on our concept rather early, felt good about it. Yeah, uh, we feel good. Obviously, there's a couple things that we can stand to improve upon based on the judges' earlier comments. So we're looking forward to learning <laughs> what those are. But uh, we think overall, you know, it, what we said from just day one is like, you know, again, we can't 
reverse engineer or even over engineer these things. Like, let's just make something that, you know, we enjoy that we like and just trust and hope that other people are going to like it. And we did that again. And so let's see what happens. This, this episode feels uh, so much like an all trip production, but I know that that's only because the rest of you guys did what you did so well behind the scenes, right? Editing to make it sound like it's trip thing and writing to make it sound like it's in trip's voice. Sure. Uh, tell me all the stuff that happened behind the scenes that we didn't hear to make all of this come together. Well, the first, you know, is we had to, uh, settle on an idea and we all kind of brought, you know, different things to the table there. And, uh, the, you know, it's funny cause we started going down a baseball motif pretty early on because Tripp's actually a big baseball guy. So, um, and we wanted to pick something that was also kind of a little bit like almost salacious and a little bit, you know, uh, headline grabbing and, uh, you know, I had a little bit of notoriety behind it because I think someone mentioned at the top of the show, maybe it was even you how like, you know, history can get dry, right? Look, you know, I think that one of the things about succeeding as a team, it's know your strengths and know your weaknesses, right? And right off yeah. the bat, I can tell you that Sean, Casey, and I are all the first ones to come out and say, like, we do not have traditional radio voices, right? <laughs> like, we have very conversational <laughs> voices, and there's a lot of personality to them, et cetera. But, you know, when you think about, you know, great days in sports history and who has that voice, yeah. trip. Last week, we talked about the futility that was the New York Mets before their miracle championship of 1969. I mean, that's, he nails that. That's his delivery and it's perfect. So, I mean, so look, we can make a lesser production and have, you know, one of us battle and narrate, but like, why would we do that? Uh, all right. Well, let's get to our judges. Let's hear what they think of this. Scott, we're going to begin with you. All right. I'm going to be the bright and shiny guy like I usually am. Uh, I really liked this a lot hey. and I don't have anything really negative to say about it. It felt professional and finished and on the radio. And it was, uh, in large part, Tripp's delivery. He's very, very good at this. Like, maybe too good for, for this. <laughs> almost unfairly It's good. almost <laughs> unfairly good because he's really, really good. His natural read of it is is extremely good. He knows where he's supposed to emphasize and where he's not. But I think given what you had and, and the time you had to do it in, this is this was really strong. Um, it's It might be obvious at this point, this was probably my pick of the week. I think it was very, very very, very strong entry this week, and I think you guys killed it. Excellent. All right. Uh, let's get to Jenny's review on this one. Holy crap, what a great sportscaster voice. Who are you? Interesting that here's a different example of how to signpost. You told us the name of the podcast and your name, but you didn't include a tagline for each of those pieces of information. So this is just like what you could have done. This is a sports history podcast where we talk about an infamous moment in sports history. And I'm your host, Trip Rogers, who's going to tell it to you like it was. If you do it right, people come to love that intro like a comfort food. Um, overall, terrific episode. And kudos for not uh, putting too much spin on the ball because you had a great topic. You had one voice. You just went with the one voice. And that was, I thought, entirely appropriate here. I would listen to this podcast every week. So great, great job. Let's get over to Justin. Justin, what do you think? Uh, I will echo everybody else saying that it was truly st stellar narration. Um, uh, all right. The bad stuff. I didn't like the soundscape. I think that this is an incredibly incredibly rich moment that you could bring us into 
the world and specifically the background music, which was omnipresent and way too upbeat. Side of a professional football team. Martin was ejected six times over his 11-year career for arguing or fighting. The last time he was ejected... Takes away from the fact that this is an intensely scary moment. Very rarely in sports, which is by and large tense, but fun, uh, is there a moment where things escalate beyond good-natured fun and get into legitimate danger? Uh, this and and the other uh, story that you guys mentioned with, with the disco demolition where a legit riot breaks out. Uh, this is a scary moment, and it didn't feel scary. In general, I think you guys had an amazing opportunity, both in narration and in soundscape and in background music, to bring us there, tell us, make us feel how scary this was, and you did. All right. Thank you, Justin. Uh, all right. Very good. Thank you, Ivory Microphones. Yep, absolutely. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, judges. Fair criticisms. Appreciate you. Let's move over to questionable champions. Hey, guys. Howdy. How's it going, sir? So uh, for this one, uh, Kelly wrote the show. Key did the research. Sean White did the editing. So Bill, Bill Meeks yes. was our PM, our project manager. <laughs> uh, overall, how'd the week go for you guys? I think it went pretty well. I, I think uh, some of my team members were a little concerned that we were into Wednesday and we hadn't quite picked a topic. But I think kind of uh, pulling the brake on the car and uh, slowing down in the beginning of the week and spending a lot of time kind of figuring out what topic uh, would both appeal to our listeners, the judges, and uh, to us because, you know, we're the people who have to work on it, right? So I... Yeah. I uh, my boss at Hearst Television always used to call it putting the smart money in the ground. And the more time you put into planning, uh, the easier execution is once you get into the production phase. All right. So the podcast series is called Invisible History. What would be the typical story style of Invisible History? I think, uh, it, you know, especially based on this first episode, it's really just sort of short looks at little forgotten corners of history that don't really, you know, appear in the table of contents in your history book, but are kind of interesting in their own way and kind of say something about society at the time. Good. I like it. Yeah. It's something I would listen to. It doesn't matter what I think because I'm not a judge, but it's something that <laughs> I, would, I would definitely listen to. Uh, we gave you the limitation because you lost last week of sticking to the 1500s. Did mm -hmm. that make things easier or harder for you guys? I think it made it easier in a lot of ways. We all pitched our ideas and there were a couple that kind of stuck out right away. Uh, one of them was mine. Uh, it's the one we went with. Um, I didn't bribe anybody. I, but, <laughs> well, you're but, PM. Yeah. You can make that decision. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's just, I, I think it's just something that kind of uh, jumped out and especially Kelly and Key seemed to have a lot of passion for it. I think Key had even heard of this story already. So, okay. you know, once I heard that, I was like, that's probably going to be the vote and that's going to be the one we go with because, you know, if we're passionate about it, we can bring that bring that passion to the project, right? Let's hear what Jenny had to say about this. Okay, good signposting here. Credit where credit is due. I understood that this was a podcast about history we may have forgotten, and I know your name. Invisible History. I'm Sean White. Good job. Um, a minor nitpick. Explain what a jurist means at that time. Is it a lawyer? Is it a judge? Like we're out of our era here. So we need a little bit more um, information. Like if I could say one overall thing about all three podcasts this week, they could have really benefited from piece of information, comma, helpful information, 
right? So always think about that. Always think about that one new listener. This is also a good example of the danger of a pop culture reference. When the rats didn't appear at court, Chesnews found a legal loophole worthy of Saul Goodman himself. I know Saul Goodman. Probably everyone on the show knows Saul Goodman, but not everyone knows it's Saul Goodman. Uh, and in a hundred years, despite our wishes, not everybody will know about Saul Goodman, but they might still need to know about animal rights in court. So did you need it? Uh, and if you did need it, you might need to just like explain it. But then it's like explaining it's a tangent. I don't know. Uh, I love the twist at the end that the lawyer and the next time used the precedent with the guy on the bench. I love the writing. I thought the music was fun. But uh, really, I really enjoyed this and frankly, really enjoyed all three this week. So great job. Thank you, Jenny. Uh, Justin, how about you? Okay. So in general, I think everybody had this problem. So I'm going to say it very clearly. Once you start doing it, I guarantee you, you're going to never go back. When you are doing soundscapes, bring them in before you say the words that are what the soundscape is. If you are saying he hit a home run, play the crack of the bat and then say he hit a home run. If you are doing a rat thing, play the rat sounds and then say that the rats came up. Otherwise, it is an ad lib or something. It just, it, your brain processes it differently. It's basically the a version of show. Don't tell that being said, I thought that this was an extraordinarily interesting story. I think animal trials are fascinating. I think this is a great case to highlight it to me. What this episode really needed was a re-listen to just reorder in listening to stuff, what the most interesting part of it is. I don't believe you can edit podcasts on the page. I think the more time that you spend editing scripts, you are wasting time. Record the best, most viable script, the first viable script you, you, that you have, and then have one or more people make a call on what the most interesting part of that was and what the least interesting part of it. Do more of the most, less of the least. As far as soundscapes go, you used a soundscape for a pig to murder a baby. A town put a pig on trial for breaking into a house and eating the face and neck of an infant who subsequently died. There was controversy about that. All right. I think there should be because that's bad because this is not a jokey podcast. It's not a super mm -hmm. dark humored podcast. So again, every time that you're making a decision and especially if it's because you guys are bored on the production air on, on the production side, you are insulting your audience by giving them permission to walk away from the kind of tone that you're trying to say and the story that you're trying to say. Gotcha. I, I, I will definitely throw myself on the sword for the uh, baby pig sound effects. Uh, <laughs> um, one, I have a very dark sense of humor. Uh, two, I thought it might be a, sort of like an attention grabber about halfway through. My entire team suggested we not do it. I held my ground. I was to blame for that. You should not be putting an attention grabber halfway through. Like, yeah, attention yeah. should be grabbed at that point. Mm -hmm. What you're saying is, I don't have faith in this story. All right. Uh, Scott. All right. I hate being third because all the good stuff's <laughs> already been said. Right. I agree with a lot of what Jeannie said, a lot of what Justin said. All I would really add here is 
it started out strong for me and then lost steam. Um, I don't even have a good way to quantify why. It just did. And yours is actually the first one I heard uh, of the three this week. And uh, it, the first, it started and I went, oh, it's kind of jaunty Tim Burton sound and stuff here. The, the, the <laughs> beginning music, that seems cool. And then that got a little repetitive, but, and maybe at the very end, I just wanted to see this next episode about violent Italian artists or whatever it was. <laughs> Come back next week for Invisible History, where we'll explore a 17th century Italian painter whose violent art led to violent acts. Those with delicate sensibilities might want to skip this one. <laughs> that sounded awesome. Like le- legit, I would listen to that. So for me, uh, you know, I think you guys overall did a good job. And like Justin said, and others have said, everything this week was such a marked improvement over week one that I feel something out of your group that I'm not feeling from the others in terms of potential. And I don't know what that is. I can't really, I can't really quantify it, but there's something going on there. And I'm not just flapping lips here. I really believe. Why are we, cur- why I said Bill Meeks was going to win last week and you're cursing <laughs> his team now. Why, why do we like, this is a, this is mean of us. I don't point. know why we're, uh, yeah, I don't know why that's going this way. Uh, I don't mean. know. It's, it's a really odd thing. And I don't know <laughs> if it's just because I know all the ingredients are like top shelf and it's just a matter of getting the right mix. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but thank you, Scott, for wow. giving me tremendous performance anxiety. I no problem, man. <laughs> no problem. No, no place to go but down from here, Bill. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to the scoring here. This was one of those weeks where we had a very clear winner and very close second and third place. So while the closeness wasn't in, among the top, uh, we did have uh, some close scores, so very, very good to see that sort of thing happen. Uh, so the winning team this week. Yeah, it's uh, the Ivory Microphones. Great job, you guys. Trip, well done with the narration of that, but kudos to all four of you for making Trip's words sound as good as they did. And I know that's that's in editing, that's in writing, that's in... Uh, planning that's in picking the right story all that stuff you guys did a great job of using your talents a good story um have faith in it uh have faith in your story demonstrate your faith in your story uh to the listener by way of your production and looking down the list i mean every every single challenge we've got for the rest of the season has something to do with baseball so dang it i think we should have really planned better this season whoops yeah Uh, let's talk about our third place team, our last place team. Uh, like I said, it was very close between, uh, one last drink and questionable champions in the end. The loss unfortunately goes to one last drink and cheers to brewing. Like I said, it was a very close one guys. Um, but the good news is no one's going home this week. Um, but I think it did come down to scrambled use of voices, overuse of too many voices without the setup of why we're listening to those additional voices. Um, signposting, like Jenny said, that was a big thing for her this week. And it's a really great advice for sure is, uh, is making sure that not only are you introducing yourself, but you're also saying why you're here. Sometimes many voices is great. And in this case, I thought it was, it just, it just felt like you know, a microphone passing around a crowd a little bit. Like we, right. we don't really know right. who, you know, I'm, as we learn who, the, who you guys are more and more moving through this process, that will become easier and easier. But her signposting advice is really solid. And I think that yeah. would, it, it doesn't take helped. much. That's the thing. No. It does not take much. Think of your listener like a clueless baby 
left in the middle of Times Square, and you need to create a path to make it walk exactly where you want it. If you are not actively doing that, and you're not actively thinking, am I confusing my audience right now? Is this confusing? Then you will confuse them. Uh, thank you, teams. Let's go ahead and get to next week's challenge. Ooh, it's a big one here. Uh, modern news media consumption is quite different than it was just 20 years ago. Instead of having to turn on your TV for the 5 o'clock news or sit down to read the newspaper, I love newspapers, we can get our daily dose of news from YouTube channels, Twitch streams, and... You guessed it, podcasts. The convenience of the podcast means we can get our daily news on demand and on the go. And it's no wonder that news is the second most popular podcast genre. So, as I'm sure you've guessed by now, we want you to make a daily news podcast. It's a type of content that is quite convenient for the listeners, but can be extremely challenging for podcasters to produce. You'll have to deal with quick turnaround times, very tight segment length constraints, and the ever-present challenge of making it interesting for your audience. So, this week, each team will be given news headlines to report on. Each team's news will be in slightly different areas, ranging from politics to gaming and technology. Your news show will also have very tight programming constraints. Each episode will contain three news segments, an intro, an outro, all of which must be specific lengths of time. The episode must also contain a 30-second ad for which you'll be provided the copy to read. On top of all that, in order to simulate the tight deadlines of a daily news podcast, you're not going to be given your headlines until Thursday afternoon, and your episode still must be finished by the normal Saturday deadline. This is going to be a challenging week that requires a lot of nose-to-the-grindstone work, and at the end of it, well... As you know, one person from each team will be leaving the competition. Winning team is going to get their first choice of our topics, politics, gaming, and technology. You'll be given your three headlines, like I said, on Thursday afternoon. Ivory Microphones, you guys were first. Okay, cool. Uh, We're going to do technology. Questionable Champions, you get your choice, the remaining two, politics and gaming. Gaming. Gaming, yeah. (laughs) All right, gaming. Which means one last drink, you're left with one last topic, and that is politics. Uh, Fox News. <laughs> well, get some Canadian stories, some Canadian headlines uh, we'll there, see. Justin. No, we'll have to see. <laughs> I don't. I only do real politics. Oh, not not the Bush leagues, eh? No, you guys are going to get uh, American stuff, but. Um, Here's what I would give you as as way of advice. Um, format your show before, um, before the uh, before you get the headlines. Audio beds, uh, come up with a name and time out. Get used to reading and summarizing stories. So when you get it, you will be able to do it. This is the secret to shows like this. Tom, like Tom Merritt with Daily Tech News Show is. You could hand him copy in two seconds and he'll be able to do it. Not because he is supernaturally talented, although he is that as well, but because he's done it so many times. So give yourself some reps uh, with other stories and this will make this one easier. You're going to you're going to be tempted to let the news stories dictate what you, how you're going to react to them. And I would say for me anyway, add some personality to it and not have it just be BBC World News. 
have it be i'm not asking for ridiculous you know takes that are that are actually bad takes or you know uninformed i don't mean that but i mean you know bring yourself into it let me see who you are your personalities behind these stories so on behalf of our judges coach producers and everybody else who works behind the scenes to keep all the wheels of this show moving this is brian Ibbett saying thanks for listening we'll see you next time right here on america's next top podcaster America's Next Top Podcaster is hosted and created by Brian Ibbett. Hammond Chamberlain is our executive producer. The show is written and edited by our producer, Bobby Frankenberg. Alex Albisu conducts our post interviews and is our Patreon manager. Social media community manager is me, Monica Stone. Thanks to all our patrons and sponsors. And most of all, thank you for listening. For more information, go to America's Next Top Podcaster.com.